Hey everybody, just wanted to take a few seconds of your time before the podcast starts. Just wanted to let you know about a passion project of mine for the last three years called Hustle Focused Energy. It's a powdered drink mix intended to help you focus and accomplish your goals. Super excited to bring this to market. Go check it out, hustletheday.com. And thank you so much for listening. On this episode of the Hustle the Day podcast, I have Christine Smith. Chrissy is an intentional networker. She has been involved in networking in one degree or another for several years, and she regularly takes on 25 networking meetings a week, and it has impacted her business. Let's dive into it and find out more. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Hustle of the Day podcast. My name is Trent. Super excited and honored to have Chrissy Smith here today. Chrissy, why don't you jump in here and tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, thank you so much for having me, Trent. I'm happy to be here today. So a little bit about me. I am a single mom of a near three-year-old daughter. So she turns three next week, which is insane. Um, and I started a business right before pandemic hit, which is, which is crazy. Um, and I'm trying to change how the world sees communicating and networking. Well, that's convenient timing in that you want to change communication, right? As everybody had to change their communication. So <laughs> I have to imagine that worked well for you and, uh, you know, timing wise, uh, you know, not that you intended for all this to happen, but, you know, it, I think it had to have worked out a little bit in your favor. So now you're trying to change communication. What does that mean to you? What does it mean to change the way people are interacting and communicating? So I think the word networking has a really bad association with it. And it's typically, you know, old school and, you know, it has like the financial advisor use car sales approach and, um, kind of the beating around the bush concept. And I'm trying to get people to not only be more direct, but be able to advocate for themselves without being sales pitchy and, you know, having the relationships with other people that other people are going to want to advocate for them. That's awesome. And that's the best thing that you can do is have somebody advocate for you, right? Yes. You use the term intentional networking. What? What does it mean to be intentional in your networking? So it's mindfulness. Like, why are you meeting with the person in front of you? Why are you handing your card out to the person in front of you? What is the end game here? Like in in most of the time, I feel like people's end game is to just sell somebody. And that mindset is going to get you more doors in your face than anything else. No one's going to keep your business card. You know, I'm sure a lot of people out there have a stack of them on their desk. I'm like, how often do you actually go through them? Do you actually put them in a CRM? Do you actually follow up with people? Right. There's no process. Um, if there are, if there is, you know, a process, oftentimes it's broken or it's, you know, out of alignment in, in, in my opinion. So, you know, from a, a time standpoint, like we are not just our business. We are, we're spouses. We, we might have another business. Like, you know, we're homeschooling now, you know, we're dealing with the, the home life balance, home life work balance. And, um, I think, you know, when you go out and you're prospecting, when you go out and having conversations with people, 
that you're trying to add to your, you know, your top 10% of your network. Well, who are those people? Do you even know? Do you even know who those people should be? Have you, do you know how to set expectations? Um, what is it like to be in a relationship with someone from a professional standpoint? What do you, what do you want that to be? What are your boundaries? And I think that's what intentional networking should be. You being able to not only be direct with somebody in an unsalesmanlike way, in an unpitchy way, or, you know, whatever is making you uncomfortable. Um, and they understand what did you do, who you're looking for, and how to be in that relationship with you. And if you guys are going to be on the same page, you're going to have the open door policy and you're going to share contacts and resources and tools and connections on a regular basis, or is it just going to be like, you know, once in a while type thing, or, yeah, I'll reach out to you if I have somebody that, you know, is kind of in your realm of client base or no, I'm never going to talk to you again because I don't like you. Right? Like, that could be it too, but we got to figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I think the world would benefit from a lot being a lot more direct and you know, that's, that's really good. You know, we talked before we started recording about your process and, you know, we've talked about it prior to this as well. And you know what you are just straight to the point. This is what I do. This is the type of people that I want to work with. And, you know, tell me about you. It's like, whoa, people are just taken aback by that, aren't they? Yeah, sometimes. But what's interesting is that um, I have found that, you know, being the one-on-one meetings, right, when you're networking with somebody and you start asking them the questions that you want them to ask you, like, tell me about why you got into what you're doing and tell me about what are what, what are things I should listen for in a conversation with someone else that would lead to an introduction to you or why, how are you different or what's your specialty in the industry that you're in? Like you're really making someone think about how they're not just another person. Like you are someone special. You do offer value. And most people don't believe that about themselves. So if you don't believe that, what makes you think someone else is going to believe that? What makes you some, what makes you think that someone else is going to talk about you to someone else? If you don't even truly believe that in yourself and I think, you know, sales training has a place, but I also think sales training, unfortunately, causes this fog around people's brain and they automatically go to their scripts and they're not actually listening to somebody that's sitting in front of them, having a conversation that is, you know, opening their, their, their networking doors to them and say, Hey, I want to be in this partnership with you, but you know, I want to see where you stand. I want to see if you're a good fit. And they're just like, Oh, you know, must sell (laughs) requirement needed to be filled. Right. And it, I wish we could just take that out a little bit, you know, bring some of the emotion back in and say, you know, how is this person making me feel? Are they going to, are they going to actually make my referrals feel good? Are they going to make my, you know, network feel good? Um, Are they going to pass along what I want them to pass along? Yeah. So let's, let's reel it back a little bit. Where is it that you decided to, you know, really harness the power of networking and, where did you see that change where you're now, you know, facilitating the communication rather than, you know, just it being all about you? Um, so it's, it's something that started by accident. Um, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm always able to dominate a conversation typically because um, people don't really know what to say in a one-on-one meeting anyway. They're like, oh, what do you do, right? Like that's that's kind of where things always tend to start. And I felt that, well, that's not a good start to a meeting. <laughs> we can't we can't just be doing this every time. And if this person is gonna want to have another conversation with me, I need to do something different. I need to pretend what I do doesn't exist right now. 
Because if I tell them what I do, that means nothing if they're not actually listening at that time, mm-hmm. right? So usually people go into a meeting, they're on edge, they're defensive. So when that happens, they're not gonna they're not gonna hear you. They're not gonna listen to you. So um, I just started putting the focus on them. Okay, what can I do for that person? How can I serve that person right then and there as quickly as possible? Make sure that I minimally just offer a connection to somebody. And what's interesting, so I did this not knowing what was going to happen, right? I can't, can't predict the future. And I started doing this about four years ago. Um, and what happened was people started telling me, wow, you, you're a really good connector. You are truly out there connecting people. And people like um, to be around people when they feel they can be themselves. And they want to connect other people to that person because of that factor. So that's what also started happening. So the more people I connected to other people, whether they connect me to someone else didn't matter. Someone else along the lines connected me to someone else and it just kept going and it kept magnifying and it kept rippling out from there. And I was like, all right, I'm onto something now (laughs) because this is making my prospecting life so much easier, not having to make a single cold call not having to make a million calls or emails or, or whatever every single day. And then as I got more specific on what it is that I wanted, who it is that I wanted to be in front of, what exactly it is that I was specializing in or doing, and I could verbalize that to someone else in as few words as possible, then they could do it too. And then people were coming to me and they're like, oh, hey, I hear you do blah, blah, blah. I want to talk to you about this. Or I have this person to connect you to. Or, hey, can you help me connect you, you know, so-and-so? And I mean, it's not like I woke up and was like, oh, I can build a business off of this. It's not, what, it's not what happened. It was just more, I kept seeing the gaps. There was more and more gaps. There's a big gap in, in my opinion, in you know, that sales process. This stuff is what happens at the beginning. You can't put someone in a sales funnel. They're not there yet. So it started becoming more apparent as I was doing this on my own that networking came natural to me. It does not come naturally to people. It is not a skill that people just you know, pick up reading a book and they're good to go. This is something that takes time. Yeah, I can, I can absolutely agree with that because that is not a natural skill of mine. And, you know, how we actually connected was through a networking challenge that pushed me way out of my comfort zone, but I have seen tremendous results out of it. So I I appreciate, you know, your insight and, you know, your ability to, you know, kind of help teach people how to network and, you know, how to um, harness the power of this. Um, but, you know, a lot of people, you talk about the sales process, a lot of people only like what they can measure. You know, they like seeing a return on their investment and people are so busy now. How do you convince someone more or less that, um how this is going to affect their bottom line, you know, when that's all they're focused on and they're not thinking, oh, networking is going to really help me. It's just something to add to the plate that I don't have time for. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, there's, there's a direct correlation to sales and ROI, right? Like, you know, I know how much money, I know how much we sold, right? I know how much money that we made. Um, but how much work had to go into that to get to that point? And how many people fell out of the funnel is my question to people. How hard is it? You hear that all the time, right? Oh, I have a hard, I, I can never keep people in the funnel. There's not enough people going in or I don't have enough people to talk to. That's, that's the top three thing. Any person that's selling anything is having problems with. Now on the other side, people that 
are, are going through our, our development programs, are getting coaching, are, are in our organization, and they're learning how to network more intentionally, more strategically, that's never a problem anymore. Not only do you have enough people to talk to on a regular basis, you're putting the right people in the funnel, so there's less people leaving. So think about that close ratio, right? So if you're, if you're putting 100 people in and now your closing ratio is over 50%, when before it was less than 50%, like that's, that's going to automatically increase your ROI, right, on the sales side of things. And then uh, taking it a step above and saying, well, it, you know, you had this experience after you did, you know, the challenge that I did. If people are talking about you, that's also a return. They have social media reporting tools and analytics for that exact thing. If people are tagging you and stuff, if people are mentioning you on a regular basis, that is a return on investment because you know what? That means more people are thinking about you. You are on the front of minds of more people. So when it comes up, and if you've been very clear on what it is you do and what you offer and how you solve problems for somebody in, in a particular area, you're going to be the first person that they call. And I can tell you it does take a little bit. It can, but in intentional area, you did this challenge for two weeks and you saw an immediate, it was like an immediate return on the yeah. types of people that you were getting in front of. And, and that's why I, I believe in this method so much because I'm like, if you think you, you don't have enough people to talk to, I'm telling you right now, this, you will never have that problem. You will <laughs> never have an issue in trying to find someone to sell to at that point because you've pretty much told everyone you're talking to, well, here's who I want to work with. So now you have all these other people. It's like you have, uh, you, know, you have all your little troops going out there and saying, oh, Trent want, wants to work with X, Y, and Z. And there's 20, 20 people doing that on a regular basis. Like that's going to magnify your results. It's not just you. You have a community of people that are out there supporting you and like, yep, I'm going to start trickling people your way. And the more that happens, you're going to, you're going to get to a point where you're like, I need to hire an assistant. <laughs> I, I, I don't have enough time for all these people. <laughs> or you raise your prices at that point. Say, well, you know, now we're so popular that we have to go higher. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And you said you've been doing, you know, averaging what, 25 uh, meetings, meetings per week? Wow. Yeah. And yep, you've so. been doing that consistently too. Yep. So I've been doing that consistently. Um, some weeks are, you know, are 15 to 20, depending on what's going on. I've, and I've been, I've been giving myself a break. I'm like, I don't need to have 25 meetings a week. What's wrong with me? Um, but I've been doing that pretty steadily for, for about three years. I have on average 15 to 20 meetings, sometimes 25 quarantine didn't change anything. My meetings just went to virtual, but the amount of meetings that I had and the types of meetings that I had did not change. So, you know, the amount of new people I'm meeting on a regular basis is I probably meet 40 to 60 new people a month, depending on if I do a bunch of events. Yeah. That's awesome. So a lot of people in networking have an end game. You know, do you have an end game or is this just something that you're doing to, you know, um, connect more people together? Like what, what is your end game with networking? So, um, I would say my, my philosophy in building ripple effects is to ultimately change perspective. I want people to enjoy networking. I want people to be excited to meet someone new. I want people excited to have these other opportunities and doors open that they didn't consider before because of what they originally thought networking was and what it did for them. Um, so ultimately, like, I, I really want to, like, I, I see, like, you know, down the road, prior, you know, after a pandemic and when we can actually go to, you know, big events, 
people go and it's a completely different experience because people have been exposed to a different option of conversation and how to actually go to an event and get a lot out of it. And it doesn't feel like it's an hour and a half wasting your time or you just went to an event and you're like, well, this feels like high school cafeteria all over again. And it's super awkward. You know, I'm not saying it's going to be eliminated completely, but it's, it's minimal at that point. You are actually able to, you know, have an impactful session with somebody, even if it's only for five minutes. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So, you know, this, this company that you started, you saw the gaps, you know, you had been in a job prior. What is it that made you decide, you know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to be, you know, my own, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. What made you decide to make that shift? Um, well, it's always been there. (laughs) Like I've been an entrepreneur since I could remember, like I started a babysitting business when I was like 10. (laughs) So it's, it's never not been there. And I've always, um, I, I don't like other people telling me what to do, which people that know me well know this. Um, I have a hard time being told to be in a specific, specific box. Um, you need to do it this way. You need to do it. You need to dress like this. You need to look like this. Um, I've never been okay with that. It's, it's always been a problem. So, you know, it's not a problem if you're your own company and you can do your own thing. Right. And I feel like I was way more impactful, um, you know, closing this gap and, you know, my reach is pretty, is pretty strong. And I'm like, if, if I can get other people to do this too, you know, what kind of impact could that have for them? And I, and the fulfillment of, really truly building community is something that like gets me up every day is super motivating. It's, it's super inspiring to hear what has happened already to people who have been in, you know, our membership for a very short time, what it's done for their business, what it's, what it's done during pandemic when people just started at the companies that they were at in March and they joined us in, in February or March. And they're like, yeah, here's where I'm at right now. And, you know, I'm not worried or, or whatever. Like that's, I'm like, we know we're doing things the right way. We're no, we know we're, we're going in the right direction on what our, what our vision is. Yeah. So I think this works really well with, you know, solopreneurs or, you know, um, a small business or something like that. Is this something that, scales to a large business or is it something that you know is more geared towards following that individual so um this like our our membership really focuses on people with certain personality traits so we really like working with people whether it's on the coaching side or they just join like our our recon groups um that have a giver's mindset so i don't care if you work for you know a massive you know payroll company or, you know, your financial advisor, whatever. Um, everyone is trying to close business at the end of the day, but no one wants to be a salesperson. If you ask a salesperson, do you like what you do? They'll say, I like blah, 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 but I don't like the sales side of things. So we're trying to change that dynamic companies that have a lot of, um, salespeople would benefit from this because you got to build confidence within your sales staff. And solopreneurs and partners and small businesses would benefit from this other than the fact that people know who they are, but they have the ability to develop themselves professionally through some of our programs so that they can actually get better at getting themselves out there and not spending all that time. I mean, you know, how much time do some people spend every week prospecting? 
sometimes it takes away from family life. And that's not something that we want. We want people to be able to really fine tune their time, be as strategic as possible and build advocacy because that's going to save you a ton of time at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I love that how you describe that because yeah, an entire sales force would be a perfect um, opportunity to go through this and, you know, understand what they're really doing is they're, they're making those connections. It's not all about getting that sale that will follow naturally as you make these connections for people. So you have this great network. You have a lot of people, you know, advocating for you, but one thing that I want to bring more light to in entrepreneurship is we all experience failures of some sort. Um, and obviously the idea is to turn those into learning experiences. What would you say in going out on your own has been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it? Um, I would say it's, it's on, I mean, it could be like time management and obviously if uh, shout out to Conrad Ruiz, he was on this call right now, he'd probably yell at me, but um, setting too lofty of goals, I, I think is a big one. So, you know, I knew that it was going to take a while to build some of the, the backend pieces of our website. So our, our membership portal was all built by scratch. It doesn't exist. So my partner is the one that did all of that. And, you know, I expected it to be done quick. You know what I mean? I was like, Oh, you know, it was already kind of, you know, mock done and, you know, it should take a couple months. Right. And it took nine, like we legit had a business baby. <laughs> like It took nine months for that thing to grow and develop. And then I am also very, I'm very articulate and very OCD and and so detail oriented that I am not willing to show something to somebody until I think it's done. So we could have easily launched our backend six months ago, but I didn't want anybody to see it because I'm like, no, it's not ready yet. I don't want you to see how it looks right now. I'm not happy with it. So it's, it's a, it's a learning curve, right? Because what I think it should look like when I, if someone else looks at it, like no one, everyone that's been on our website now is like, I love your website. I love the interaction. I love the portal. Um, and I'm like, okay, that makes me feel good. But I'm like, could I have let this go sooner? Could I have exposed this sooner? And just, I was just overthinking the entire time. So I I don't think it's, you know, considered a failure necessarily, but, um, it was definitely a hard thing to overcome, you know, that fog for sure in our business. Well, I can definitely relate to that because, uh, you know, the, my product that I launched was something that was supposed to take two, three months and it took about three years. So (laughs) again, I I think uh, that was a a failure of expectations on my part too. So I I completely relate with you on that. But what would you say was a challenge in this that you never expected to happen? You know, we all have kind of these ideas of what it's going to look like and then we get thrown these curveballs. Um, so I, I don't know if it was necessarily, um, a head on challenge, but it was an adjustment. Um, so with the onset of pandemic, so all of our groups, a hundred percent of our organization was in person. Virtual was mm-hmm. never anything we ever considered ever. Wow. Um, it didn't, it, it, it wasn't like a problem. Like we had to adjust our methodology or anything like that. Like that, like that didn't happen. Um, the first week that we were went into quarantine, like, you know, we had active groups and I just told all my team leaders at the time, I think we had four groups and I was like, Hey guys, just me in person until, you know, until further, further notice. 
but what's interesting is, um, you know, it was a little bit of a challenge for people who had never done online meetings before, which I had been doing for a while. So for me, it was an easy, you know, transition. Um, but I had mem- I had other people telling us how much they enjoyed the virtual aspect. And then I told, I told my partner, I was like, I think we missed something here. Like we were expecting people to have all these in-person meetings in other countries and other States. And I'm like, we didn't even consider virtual. Like, how did we not consider this? How did we not consider that someone could be in a Zoom room or, you know, a Google meetup group with somebody else from another state and, and, you know, network with them on a regular basis? Like what, what could that do for all these other people? Especially if you can do business anywhere, you should be talking with people on a regular basis outside your area. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) I'm so glad our platform works. It doesn't matter if it's in person or virtual. So it was kind of like a, you know, pandemic happened. We realized we had a, we had an answer to a problem we didn't know we had yet. Wow. Yeah. That is surprising that, you know, it hadn't even come up. Uh, You know, that's something that I tried to take part in, you know, prior to the pandemic of, you know, having the virtual meetings, the Zooms, the, you know, the podcast recordings over Zoom with people I couldn't meet in person. And so that is, surprising but at the same time that's great that it was such an easy pivot for you because a lot of people were left not knowing what to do in that situation when things started shutting down and so with your setup it was basically like flip a switch we're we're full steam ahead yep yep pretty much personally for me i like the uh, you know i obviously in-person interaction has um you know, has its place, but I, I personally like the efficiency of the virtual meetings because I don't have to drive somewhere. I don't have to add that time into the day. Right. It's, you want hop on the zoom call. I can, I can buffer five minutes or 10 minutes or 15 minutes here and there. And you know what? I can work in those times before the next meeting. So it, to me, it's more efficient and more effective um, in certain aspects. Yeah. Yeah. And that was exactly what we were hearing. You know, I, I have the opportunity to network when otherwise I couldn't because of the drive time or, you know, think about people that are in places that they're not close to meeting locations or, you know, it's like, Hey, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll meet with people when they're next to my uh, location and that may never happen. So the opportunity of, of getting more people to network now is exponential. Yeah. One thing that I typically ask people is, you know, the, the word hustle has had kind of a negative connotation to it. As you discussed with networking, um, you know, it's typically the 24 seven, 365 grinded out, but that has changed for a lot of people over the years. And I want to get your personal definition of the word hustle. Um, so I think it's the same, same, same thought process as in networking is just efficiency. Like I am not going to work any harder than I have to. Like people that know me well, I'm not, I don't, I wouldn't consider myself lazy. I'm strategically lazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, I, I, same thing with hustling. Like, you know, that word just reminds me of being in basketball practice and like your coach is yelling and screaming when you're doing suicides and you're trying to put as much effort in. Right. But it depends on like, okay, well, how are you pivoting around each of those circles? right? To go back to the other line and then race back to the next line. And I feel like business is the same way. Like 
hustling should be about how much efficiency are you putting into your business. If you are spending all of your time in one area, it doesn't matter how much you hustle. You're never going to grow anywhere else. And there are certain times where we have to put more energy into certain pieces of our business because it needs attention. It's like, you know, depending on how old your business is, it's like an infant, right? There are some times where, yep, it just vomited all over you and you need to go take a shower. And then there's sometimes everything's, you know, rainbows and unicorns, but it's getting to that next step. So I, I feel like, you know, I feel like a hustler for sure, but um, hustling doesn't matter if I, if I'm building a business that no one knows about at, at the end of the day, if, if I'm building a business that no one has ever heard of, they've never heard of me. They've never heard of anything that I'm doing. I am hustling in all the wrong places. That's not effective. That's not a good use of my energy or time. Wow. Yeah. I love that. That was like, yeah. <laughs> if there's a sound clip that to come out of this podcast, that was it right there. But <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I want to ask you, you know, something that I've started asking people more recently is where is it that you do your best thinking? Like, where is it that you get your best ideas? Um, so it's in the shower. Okay. Um, so usually, and it's not, and it's not just the shower, but that's the one that I come up with the most ideas. It's usually, um, when I'm, doing something that requires no brain power. So something that's repetitive. Um, so like mowing the lawn, watching a show I've watched a million times, it, it allows my brain to like relax for a second. And I feel like mine is always on all the time. There's always stuff flowing through. I'm working back on problems I've had for a week that I can't seem to solve yet. And then all of a sudden I'll get an idea or, or something will, will pass through my mind. I'm like, Oh my God, I got to do that. And that happens a lot with ripple effects. There's always stuff flowing through. I'm like, how can I add more value? How can I do this? How can I do that? What I need to add to this? And I feel like I'm in like constant turmoil. And until I'm doing something that requires no brain power, um, I can't resolve those things. Um, the other thing that I do is, um, I indulge in like books that have nothing to do with anything. Hmm. So like werewolf fantasies. Okay. <laughs> I will just read those because it's completely different. I can, I can separate myself and I'm not even like, I don't even, I don't even remember what the movie, um, like some people like true blood and stuff like that. I never got into any of those, but I just happened to come across this app and the story by the writer was actually really good. It was about all of these like wars and just all this other stuff going on. There's always a love story in there too, but that really helps me like refocus. So sometimes if I'm having like an off day, I'll go read for 15 minutes. I will physically leave my office and go read for 15 minutes. And what's funny is ideas will always pop in while I'm in the middle of reading. And it just offers me this, this other clarity. And I do have a coach too. And she works in the energy space, which, you know, believe it, believe anyone can believe whatever they want, but I've been working with this woman for two years. And when I first met with her, I told her, I thought, I thought what she did was a bunch of hooey. And it wasn't until after I had a couple of sessions with her that I was like, all right, this is what, this is what I need. This, this offers me the clarity that I need to bring in new ideas and reset my focus. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I sometimes need that, uh, that clarity actually posted a little while back on LinkedIn. You know, I was in a creative funk and I was like, what is it that, you know, helps you get out of that creative funk? And, you know, I usually have my go-tos and they weren't working. Uh, but I will add to the list werewolf fantasy novels. Like I'll, I'll give it a try. 
<laughs> I think I think something that um I, actually I was on um Conrad and Nate Pio did a, a call. I, I don't know if you were on that, and they were talking about how like we sometimes develop habits and we actually get stuck in them and it causes like a rut. Like you do the same thing every day. Well, that's great. But now you have nothing new to surprise you. It's, it's the same thing as like muscle memory. Like if you're working out all the time and you do the same, you do the same routine, you do the same arm workout, leg workout, back workout, well, you're going to get the same results. You have to change it up every now and then to, to get, keep your muscles guessing and your brain works the same way. And I literally try and do that. So, and that's sometimes where I will do spur of the moment things, whether it's, um, I'll watch like a video that someone sends me, which by the way, I typically don't do because I'm like, okay, well, how much time is this going to be watching that video? But I try and like have pieces of my day where it's like, I need to do something different right now. And it could literally just be like, I made my lunch today versus heating something up or I made something today as opposed to, you know, heating something, heating something, like made something I wouldn't normally make. Um, like I do home chef, like that's, that's something, believe it or not, provides some creative talent because it's like, oh, wow, these are really interesting. And then this is, it, I don't know. It's amazing how my brain works sometimes, or I'll paint something different or I'll try and make something or, uh, my daughter will ask me to do something and, and I'll indulge because I'm like, Hey, I don't know where this is going to leave my brain at that'll provide some spark. So that sometimes is what you need. You know, there's been times where I've been sitting with my kids and an idea pops into my head and it's like, all right, I got to write this down just to revisit it later. And then, you know, right. Focus on them. But still it's, it is funny how getting out that routine does allow you to open your mind up to alternative things. Um, whether it's a really small change or not. Yeah. And, and what could that change have at a later point? Mm-hmm. Like where, where does the snowball start? it leads to this other thing and this other person and this other idea and this other concept. And that wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for something that happened. I have one final question I'll ask you, but before I get to that, I want to give you a chance to plug what you're doing, where people can find more information out about you. So um, I'm big on LinkedIn. So you can find me on LinkedIn uh, under Christine Smith. I'm the girl with purple hair. So I'm easy to find. You can find us on our website as well, rippleeffects.us, R-I-P-L-E-F-X.us. Um, you can also find us on, on LinkedIn and Facebook for Ripple Effects. Um, we do have an Instagram and Twitter page, but I know we're not actively using those just yet. Um, but you can find us on, on LinkedIn for sure. I'll make sure to include links in the show description below so people can connect with you a little bit quicker. But uh, final question I want to ask you personal or business. What is it that excites you about the future? Opportunity. Absolutely. There's definitely an abundance of opportunity throughout this time that you wouldn't have otherwise been presented with. Cause uh, like you do with networking, I mean, there's people you can get in the door with that you otherwise wouldn't have been able to because you know what they had a structured meeting schedule and you know what, that's all been thrown out the window now. And, Everybody's kind of craving that human connection. So I think there is an incredible amount of opportunity right now. Yes. Agreed. Perfect. Well, thank you for taking time out of your day and, you know, thank you for running your challenge. You know, I appreciate that uh, I was able to take part in that and see firsthand, you know, kind of some of the things that you do. Um, And 
how beneficial they are. So I'm glad we had the opportunity. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I know I've gotten a ton of value out of this. So I know my audience has gotten a ton of value out of this. So I encourage you all to get out there and hustle the day.